I've spent the last 12 years trying to find the ultimate model to run a chiropractic business, and I think I discovered it. The Clinic Gym Hybrid Model, where you integrate fitness with the great care that chiropractic offices offer. Now, I perfected that model, and I sold that business last year. Now I've gone full-time into discovering how to help others build the same model in their practice, and I have the goal of 100 hybrid clinics starting up in the next year. So follow along as we interview the greatest guests, thought leaders in our space here, and discover the ways to perfect this model so that you can run an amazing business that also contributes to your time off, increased pay, and increased fulfillment by doing the care that you truly believe in. I'm Dr. Josh Satterley, and this is Clinic Gym Radio. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Satterley, and I am lucky enough today to be joined by Dr. Lindsay Becker, who is like the queen of golf fitness. Lindsay, how are you? Good, good. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Hey, it's my pleasure. Uh, we, uh, we rarely get women and, uh, in many senses, I guess of that phrase, you know, I rarely yeah, get women, but, uh, rarely get women. <laughs> yeah, but especially as podcast guests. So I, this is awesome to talk to you. Uh, no, we don't I, usually bite, but you know, <laughs> yeah, my, uh, my dorkiness from high school is still blending in and I'm just like having difficulty carrying on, you know? Uh, anyways, Do you need to turn off the video aspect of this. Is this too much for you? Yeah. It's making me nervous, honestly, seeing your blonde hair and. I'm, uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to go play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, okay, Lindsay, yeah. for those who aren't uh, lucky enough to know you or know of you, uh, can you give my listeners an idea of like what, what you do day to day, day to day? Yeah. So I'm a physical therapist and strength coach. Um, and I work primarily with golfers. Um, and my company is called Buckeye Performance Golf. It is in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, and so I work with golfers across the lifespan. So juniors as young as five years old, and then people up 80s, 90s, etc. Um, trying to get them back to golf playing like injury free as well as improving strength, flexibility, etc. Um, for golf. Um, so my two facilities, I'm at Muirfield Village Golf Club, which is um, Jack Nicholas's course that they hold a memorial tournament every year. Um, so lucky enough to be there. And then also the other facility is called the Golf Room, um, where that facility we've got um, six hitting bays uh, with TrackMan and KVest and BodyTrack and all that fun technology, um, two golf pros. Um, I've got myself and then an athletic trainer doing the fitness and rehab. And then we have a sports psychologist doing more of the mental performance. So it's kind of a one-stop shop for golfers. Like if you want to get better at golf, like here you are. Nice. Uh, which is why, particularly this time of year, like it's freezing out and there's snow. So in Columbus to have an indoor facility like that is, you know, amazing. Yeah. And I mean, I follow you on uh, Instagram and, uh, but if, if somebody does like when you're talking about these evening classes, it's not like one person in a hitting bay, right? Like you'll have, how many juniors will you have there in an evening session? Yeah. So we have a, um, an elite junior Academy where basically we've got 26 kids who, um, and those are high school kids who come from three or basically after school till 6 PM uh, Monday through Thursday for six months and two days a week, they are in the gym in a group setting. So, um, three to five, three to six, depending on the, um, group, just kind of when they get out of school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two days a week, they're working like specifically with instruction, um, with the golf pros, they've got a lot of drills that they have to do. Um, we do nutrition logs, they do mental performance with like heart math and focus band and all that fun stuff. So it's kind of an intense six months. And then I've also got, um, 
junior high kids that are kind of in like a abbreviated version of that. So they come and work out two days a week, but they've only got golf like one day a week. Um, so I, they're a lot of fun. Um, and then I've got a lot of juniors who they're not necessarily part of the academy, but they still just want to work out. Yeah. So like three o'clock till eight o'clock is like juniors. Like That's awesome. Fun and it's exhausting. <laughs> like and you, you just also get to have those fun conversations <laughs> where uh, you feel like an old person, right? Because they comment on, oh my God, what did the, I, I remember seeing something like one of them found out that you still use this old thing called Facebook and they couldn't believe that like you're that old. Yeah. I mean, they, you have to have thick skin. Like if anyone who wants to work with teenagers, you have to have thick skin. Like I've been told that I like mom music. Um, and <laughs> like, and then they're like, it's okay. Um, and you're like, all right. Um, like I'll, I'll learn new terminology. Like I was, one kid told me that, um, I was his plug and I was like, I, I don't know what that means. And he was like, well, you're just like my hookup, right? Like you've hooked everything I've needed. You're like, you've hooked me up today. And I was like, is that like a phrase people say? And he's like, well, it's more for like drug dealer, but mm, let's not use that. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm cool with you calling me your plug then. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah they teach me new like terminology, like broccoli, marijuana and rap songs. Like who knew? So you thought they were talking about vegetables. You're actually talking about weed. Wow. It's okay. Wild. I know. <laughs> I could go on. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, so how did this all start? Like, I mean, so uh, if you want to go back to Muirfield Village or you want to go back to the start of the golf room, because I think there's a lot of people who want to listening that want to get into a sport like, hey, I really love baseball. I want to get into a good development academy or uh, maybe it's a, somebody, you know, really dug gymnastics and they ended up going to PT or Cairo school because they got broken uh which is kind of yeah. what 50 percent of your classmates right in, in school are like yeah. what'd you do yeah. oh i did this until i broke and then oh until i broke and then yeah, yeah. that's why i pursued this because i don't right. want to see anybody else get broken so how did it all yeah. start so um so before i was um doing this position i worked in florida for a couple of years that's when i was introduced to tpi um and that model we were seeing a lot of golfers in um florida and I was just kind of like, that's cool. Like I grew up as a runner, as, also as a golfer, but like working with runners is annoying because they don't listen to you. So I was like, that's kind of interesting. Um, then I went to Ohio State. Um, yeah, by the way, anybody that's starting out to work with runners, just stop yeah. and find another sport. Like that's the number one rule. <laughs> no, well, and I can say that from, because I'm a runner myself. Like I, you would tell people, they come in, they're like, yeah, my knee hurts. And you're like, yeah, so you're going to maybe take the day off. Yeah, I was going to do an easy day. I was just going to do eight miles. And you're like, what, like what's our purpose here? Like, right. you're not going to listen to me, right? I mean, I personally ran on a broken foot for three weeks. And the only reason I stopped was because I was getting slower, not because my, ho my foot, like, hurt so bad. So yeah, exactly. it's an annoying population, but great, fine. Anyways, um, so then I went to Ohio State Sports Med. I was, um, and I was there for five years. And I really started working on golf more with that. Um, and that's when I started working with Muirfield Village. And people ask, like, you know, well, how did you get involved with that club? And how did you get involved with? And I literally, like, went old school, cold called the GMs and pros. And I was like, hey, my name's Lindsay. I do this thing called TPI. Have you heard of it? And they're like, no. And you're like, sweet. So let me tell you about it. Will you come down? Do, do you want to do a free evaluation or I'll come to you, whatever. And they're like, sure. It's January. We're not doing anything anyways. <laughs> and We've already folded like, the shirts three times in the pro shop. Right? So. I mean, there's only so much we can do. 
Um, and then they were like, all right, she seems harmless. And maybe that's something that like we can offer our membership. And it kind of started slowly from there. Um, and I would do some performance stuff then, but largely it was, I mean, with sports medicine, it was very much therapy based. Um, so when I was working there, um, one of my clients, so he was a um, professional golfer. His name is Kyle Morris. Um, and I started working with him he was doing like Canadian tour and Latin American tour and mm -hmm. you know, web.com, et cetera. Which for um, those I, listening would be like triple A ball kind of for golf. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so when he and his wife had their second, we're getting ready to have their second child. He was like, I can't do this traveling anymore. Um, you know, when I had, he, he was like, so I want to start teaching. He goes, when I was playing, I had a team around me of, you know, mental performance. I had my coach, my swing coaches. I had my strength coach, et cetera. Um, I want to be able to offer that to my students. And so we decided to open up a facility that kind of included all of those elements. Um, so that's really where kind of the golf room came about. So we all were under one roof. Um, there's technically three companies. So my company, there's the golf room, which is the swing side, and then Athletic Mind Institute with um, Dr. Todd Kay's sports psychologist. So doing mental performance, um, but we all work together with that. And so it's kind of nice being all under one roof because someone's working on their golf swing. I can look at them and be like, okay, I can see you swing. I can see what the problem is. Let's get you on the table, do some hands-on work, et cetera, um, and then go back to swing, right? And so there's a lot of collaboration which is the model that like everyone kind of talks about when they are teaching with performance, but like not a lot of people either do it or have the opportunity to do it or have the right. balls to do it or whatever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, yeah. lucky for you, like the pro already experienced what it was like to have the team approach and believe right. in that because it is difficult from my perspective. If somebody's never operated in that team approach, you telling them about how great it's going to be is like, you know, trying to tell somebody what it's like, uh, yeah, after you lose 85 pounds, you're going to feel great. And it's like, yeah, but I don't want to eat, I don't want to eat lettuce right now. Like, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And that's, you know, I think being all under one roof, people can see what we're doing, right? Mm -hmm. And it, like, if you, I post stuff on Instagram of our juniors all the time, and a lot of them are like working out really hard. But mm -hmm. a lot of my adults, they don't, they like know that working out is like good, like heart healthy, et cetera. But they're like, I don't, I don't care, Lindsay, right? I right. just want to better golf. So, and, and to be fair, what's your, I mean, at Muirfield village, like what's the average clientele like for people listening? Like these aren't 35 to 45 oh year olds. Gosh, right? No, I mean, I think my youngest guy, no, well, my youngest guy, I think is 39, but like my, the average age is probably 70. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, no lie. And but I they're mean, very driven and successful that. people, right? Yeah. They're not, they're not lazy. They're just. No. Yeah. But they all have different goals of fitness and for right. golf. You know, and mm -hmm. some of them, they're just like, you know what, I want to be able to play golf two days in a row without just being exhausted and in pain. Right. Fair, right? I've yeah. got a guy who he's 74 right now, I think 74. And his goal is to be able to hit it 280 when he's 80. And you're like, okay, like, that's what we're training for. Holy smokes. That's, <laughs> that's I know. a pretty and decent no drive joke. at 40. <laughs> yeah, I know. 280 at 80. Yeah. Wow. So. Um, so again, that's like an ex another extreme of, um, but yeah, most people just kind of want to be generally healthy, but it changes what you're doing from a training perspective. Cause I'm like, listen, I don't care if you do squats and lunges and you like, 
do cardio or whatever. Like you probably should, but I don't really care from a golf perspective. Mm -hmm. I just want you to be able to be flexible enough, practice these movement patterns. They're going to help you with your swing. Right. right? And that's what our session is based around. You know? Wow. So So you go from like in the morning, you're at Muirfield and the average age is 70 to uh, the average age being 17 in the afternoon. Yeah. So I'm actually a pediatric and geriatric specialist. <laughs> yeah. You're a, a, a general yeah. population avoidance strategy, right? right. Like, <laughs> no, if you're a 40 year old woman, I don't know what you do. I don't know how to treat you. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So, um, from a business perspective, like if you could look back and advise somebody on, they're like, Hey, I want to get involved in this. Uh, I want to start one of these you know, performance centers. I have a friend who owns a gym and we've talked about it because I hear that story a hundred times a day. Right. Um, yeah. what, what, if you could go back in time with a magic wand, anything you would change any, any way you would have done it differently or, or maybe you did it totally right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's having the right people. I mean, uh, I'm lucky that the, um, the golf pro is very good kind of business minded and he's very driven. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so I'm not a very good self-marketer. Like I'm just, I think, I don't know if that's a being a physical therapist thing or being a, I don't know. That's just not me. He's really good at that. Okay. And so he almost, so I kind of found someone who has a strength. That's one of my weaknesses. Um, but like, I know a lot of people who are like, Oh yeah, I got set up with this gym and then expecting that like the fitness trainers are just going to send them clientele. Right. And they're just like, no, they're not. They're probably busy enough as it is. They're not totally right. sure what you do. Right. right. So are they going to tell you, you know, the last thing a, a strength coach wants to hear is, Hey, so my uh, PT or Cairo told me that I shouldn't be deadlifting, but we do that like every time I'm in here. Right. Yeah. Like, so they awesome. don't want to hear that. Um, but then also, so I'd say that of like having a, that the fitness trainers really understand what you do um, mm-hmm. and working together, but then also, um, you've got to be there. Like you can't just like show up and like, like, so with, well, I'll take it with golf. So most of my referrals come from golf pros, right? But like mm-hmm. golf pros are generally a little scared too of like, are you going to tell them that like the, what they're doing in their instruction is wrong. So I would just hang out on the range with golf pros of just like, can I just watch it? I'm not going to say a dang thing. I just want to learn and see what you do and then see how I can enhance it. And you're not talking just one time. No, like hours of it. And I still do it to this day. I mean, I'll watch lessons all the time. Now it's a lot easier because it's in my same facility, but I just want to watch and see what they're doing and their terminology and how right. can I make my own practice better. But it, right. I so mean, if, if that golf instructor that. said peanut butter and jelly, you can tell the, per, the kid on the floor that's doing the, you know, plank or whatever. Hey, this is, you know, don't forget the peanut butter and jelly. Like, right. like yeah. that. that it, yeah. When it crosses the communication, people go, oh, she understands. She gets it. Right. Well, and it also helps from the standpoint of, like, I, a lot of times, even though it's, it's super obvious to us, people don't necessarily understand how an exercise in the gym is going to help their golf swing. They don't make that connection. And so literally being able to use the same terminology that the golf pro says, and even like, so we did a, um, like the one drill that, you were talking about Josh that I post on Instagram with like a speed chain where the person's yeah. doing like a um, golf swing, like downswing type thing with a chain for speed. And I'll have them situated just to, like their posture and the way that it's um, set up so that the chain would be coming from the inside, not from over, not from the outside to avoid like an over the top move, which would be really bad. 
And the kids are like, oh yeah, that's what my golf pro is telling me, right? So it's just, it's able to kind of make those connections of why they're doing it. And then they pat you on the head and they go, that's cute. You actually know something, Lindsay. I know. And then they go, let's see you swing. And they're like, oh gosh, yeah, that's so embarrassing. But that's good for you because you're pretty old. So I think that's probably as best as you could do. Like, no lie. <laughs> you do have long legs, so you can kick them in the groin from like, you know, what they would suspect is out of range. But like, I think you can. So, yeah, I found know. out. So there's a, ter- there's a thing now where like, it's called bullying. They yeah. didn't have that when I was a kid. <laughs> Like, and I went to a pretty rough school. So like, I mean, if you just survived, like literally survived, you were doing yeah, pretty well. But, like, and the kids are total wussies now. So that when, even if I went up and I go, hold on a second, that, I mean, you called her an, that old, that old skinny lady over there. Like she bullied you. You let her do that. Like that should shame people of our generation. Like, and they're, they have, they feel no shame about that. Like, yeah, I couldn't believe it. She really, she really bullied me. And you're like, I know. <laughs> What, what so are you talking about? Them, like, yeah. I go like, listen, you should, like, I'm an old lady, so you should be stronger than me. You should be faster than me. Right. Yeah. And then like, I will kind of, I mean, I love like subtle digs on them and kind of just like blasting them a little bit. And I tell them, if you listen, if you can survive me, you can survive life. Okay. Cause mm-hmm. I'm going to bully you. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to be mean, but I'm going to probably be a little mean. <laughs> yeah. Toughen so, them up a little bit, you know, they need it, they need yeah. it. but they're mean back. I mean, I literally had one kid, Josh, he goes, he looks at me and I'm like, why are you looking at me like that? And he's like, you have this like deep scar on the side of your eye. Like what happened? And I'm like, that's called a crow's feet, shark face. Like, <laughs> like get out of my, what? like, I literally don't like you. <laughs> oh my God. That is so awesome. We had a kid one time in our junior program that comes up and he's like seven, maybe he was nine. He was like, I remember thinking he was so old, but he goes, teacher, I got a chunk in my hand. And we're like, what? You chunked it? Like, no, I have a chunk in my hand. Like, what do you mean? He's like a branch. Like, what the hell are you talking about? He like opens up his palm. And like, we were doing some drill where they like, they were sprinting in the bunker, like in sand, you know? Yeah. And then they were climbing out and I guess there was like a root sticking out or something. Got it. Like a, a tiny splinter in his hand. And he couldn't even describe it as a splinter because he had never had a splinter in his life up to this point. He's like nine years old. He's like, there's a branch in my arm. And we're like, what? A massive tree trunk yeah, coming out that's of my what he arm. Said. He's like, well, what, do I need to go to the, the urgent care? I was like, what in God's name is going on right now? Like, kid, use your teeth. Like, what the hell? Like, I mean, like, yeah, I just worry. Like, I remember getting stung by a bee and like, you know, like my mom getting the credit card and like, pulling out the stinger. And then like, I went back into soccer practice. I think now like the kid would be like, we'd land a helicopter on the driving range and like evac his ass, like medevac. Like he's not allergic to bees. We don't care. You know, it's it's unbelievable. I know my parents had no sympathy. It's like that. His mom's doing that scene out of Pulp Fiction where they, you know, throw the stab right through the chest with the, uh, can't remember that stuff is anyways. Hey, we'll be right back with our interview, but real quick, I wanted to make sure that you know about our Accelerator program and our Accelerator Light program. Both of those lay out the 42 steps it takes to start a hybrid facility, set up your business model, perform sales training with your staff, and also cover yourself in case of any issue. We have those programs available at our website, clinicgymhybrid.com. Again, that's clinicgymhybrid.com. The full Accelerator program includes building your fitness website, your logo, and a bunch of other time with me. If you're like, hey, 
I don't want the time. I just want to get up and going. Then you may be interested in the Accelerator Light program, which you can check out, both of which include the 42 high impact lessons to get up and going. And I hope you take me up on that. All right, we'll get right back to our interview now. Thanks a lot. So going back to the digs are great. Like, I love how you, you sharpen those kids up. You make them tough and yeah, they're going to get, uh, their first time getting, you know, uh, turned down for a job or a date or anything. It's going to roll right off their back. Uh, (laughs) like Lindsay was definitely meaner to me. (laughs) Yeah. So, but anyways, for those who are like, how do you set up the business structure? So you said that you got this entrepreneur dude as the instructor who's kind of leading the charge, right? Yeah. So if you don't mind telling people you have all these services, do you charge a, like an umbrella fee? Like, Hey, this includes my services, golf instruction, mental, all that stuff. Or do you guys break it out? Do you bill separately? How, how does it work best? Both, both. Um, so we do have, there were three we questions have, there. So I'm glad you answered yeah, both because then it's yeah, unclear both. which all two you're talking about. Whatever yeah. among between, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That was a lot, Josh. You like blue Um, or green? Yep. Yeah. (laughs) So we have, so I'll answer a couple different things. So with our academy, so we have a junior academy and we have like an adult academy that's a little, that's not as intense, um, where all three services are packaged together. And and this would be like your flagship offering. This is the highest level thing you do. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, here's the a monthly fee. This is what you're going to get with that. Um, and then it's just a recurring monthly thing for as long as the program lasts. So I, our junior program, it's six months. So every month they get charged this fee. And then from there, it's separated out of like how much each actual practitioner gets from that. Um, but it's a flat fee to the actual customer. Um, so they don't really know that. Um, but then we also have... Um, a la carte services. So if someone just wanted to come in for a golf lesson, they can do that. If someone just wants to come in for a physical evaluation, they can do that. Um, and, but then from there, you know, each time they come in for the facility, to the facility, we make sure to tell about the other providers and everything that we have there so that there is some kind of cross marketing with that. Um, okay. And I have, you know, clients. So when you get that 62 year old dude that said, listen, the club championship is next week. And I'm yeah. really serious about getting better. So you got three days to help me win that tournament. What can you do? Yeah. yeah. Well, if you would have come in six months ago, here's the mental coach and here's the physical therapy right. you could have done. But now I guess we'll pray for rain. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, or I mean, it d- depends on the person because there's a lot of people who, I mean, just a, one or two tips can make a big difference. I mean, it's yeah. probably the most, the biggest thing that I work on with people and that makes the biggest difference in not only like how, like in terms of their pain and their physical health, but also their performance. And it's not sexy at all is their posture. Like no one know, and particularly from a golf posture standpoint, no one knows how to hip hinge, which so then they're, because they're not hip hinging, they're too close to the ball. They all stand up out of, out of their swing. And so they say that they feel stuck because they've literally reduced the space between their body and the ball for the club to actually come down through. And you're like, literally, if we just change your posture, your back's going to feel better and you're going to play better. Mm-hmm. What I did is not sexy at all whatsoever. It does not take a lot of training or anything like that, but like no one knows how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you I want the super, the super difficult, uh, ultra Phil Mickelson flop shot, uh, from a deep bunker. Move. Yeah. They're going to use 0.0003% of the time. Right. Yeah. 
but this, I mean, it's like every single thing that they do. So, um, and that's where like, to, you know, go back to the gym of, okay, why is the deadlift important? I don't give a, I don't really care if you're able to deadlift. doesn't matter to me. Right. But I need you to be able to get in a good golf posture. Right. And so that's where the deadlift is important. So do you need to go all the way down to the floor? Probably not. Don't care. Right. If you want to fantastic, but I just need you to go down far enough to hold a wedge. Right. right? Just making it be comfortable down there and not have to stand up to produce any power. Right. Like, right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So So, um, that's where it's kind of that collaboration. So, but from a pricing structure, I think what works best is if you actually say, you know, it's a monthly fee um, and that, it makes them commit to that as well. So you're going to be charged. And if you decide you're not going to come, that's your own problem. That's your own loss of money, but at least you've, you've paid up um, and you've gotten the money on the front end as opposed to, you know, Hey, each time you want to come to a group fitness session, you um, just pay. Some right. people are going to be really good about that and come each time. And other people are like, eh, I don't really care so much. Right? Yeah. So, you, um, and I'm going to guess you have some players that probably engage more of your services and some, more of the yeah. golf pro and it kind of mixes right. and matches, but it evens yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, I would say there's more people who at the end of the day, there's more people who probably want golf lessons, mm-hmm. right? Um, Cause it is a golf facility that right. said the golf pro doesn't necessarily probably, he probably, he doesn't want to, I know that, but would prefer not to see people on a weekly basis. Right. And right. just you, unless you just want to like have the eyes on you, but he's like, how much improvement are we really going to make week to week? Like, I'm going to give you these drills. You need to go hammer them out for a couple of weeks, then come back and we'll give you something new. By, by the way, for, for yeah. those who are listening, I think a very clear distinction that just came up in what you just said, Lindsay, is this really only works in a sport where the idea of lessons is widely accepted. In golf, right. the idea of like working to improve at your technique is is widely accepted and every day at every golf course in the world, there are lessons being offered. Going back to our analogy of running, how do you get better at running in the mind of a runner? You just run more, right? You just run more. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's one of the reasons why I don't think this model would really work in running. Maybe if you were like by team Nike in, in Oregon, you know, like at Nike headquarters, it would work. But like for the running club of St. Louis, I really think this would be tough to pull off, but you know, triathlon might be better swimming might be better because there's technique, uh, golf, tennis would work, baseball would work. Anytime that there is a coach who's being actively engaged for the lesson part, I think you can build out the services. But if the coaches aren't being engaged, you know, I think it tells you like the idea of you being a strength coach or doing any sort of therapy that's improving them is like, that's odd in their mind. Right. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think there's certain sports that you, that, lessons are necessary and like you said Mm -hmm. very generally accepted from a running standpoint i mean i know people who do more of who do this with running um but it's more working with the different like running specialty shops Uh and running like the running groups which some of them kind of loosely have coaches um it's usually someone who just happens to be a good runner you know and how much they're coaching but saying like hey today we're gonna do six miles of a a fart lick or whatever so um yeah but i think like probably 95 percent of the running community has never taken a lesson right but 95 percent of the golf community probably has taken at least one lesson yeah absolutely although it is a smaller market than runners but it's it's yeah how it works out yeah absolutely so you, you charge this global fee and then um you know 
when you guys started however many years ago, did you think it would be nearly as popular as it is now? Like, I mean, it seems like you're almost overrun by these little wet behind the ear punks. Right. No, I mean, it's kind of, it's crazy. When we first started, when we first opened the facility, we had gym that was very rudimentary, just yeah. kind of the basics. Um, and we had one um, hitting bay, I guess it wasn't even really a bay. It was like a screen, you know, and a track man. And we thought this facility was badass. We were mm -hmm. like, this is sweet. And you look back at this. It's like the 17 year old in high school that gets like the 86, yeah. like uh, a pre yeah. Honda prelude and like lowers it and puts on like the fake bolt, bolt on yourself spoiler. Like dude, yeah. ladies. Yeah, and dude, this is sweet. <laughs> um, but then I think what the one thing that we really did that was smart was we grew when we needed to grow. We didn't grow before wow. that. So how big was total square footage of the original place? Was it like 1200? So the original place was 2,500. Oh, really? that big? But, but when we first started, there was gym, there was one hitting bay. And in the back, there was like an offices and storage area that the golf pros, um, father-in-law who owned a security business rented out. Okay. So like we were only of the 2,500, I guess we only had probably, maybe 1700 of it. Okay. Something like that, you know, 1800, something like that. Um, and then we built a second hitting bay and then we built a third hitting bay. And then just this past fall, it was okay. If we're going to take more, particularly for more of our juniors, there's only so much time after school, we're going to need more base. And so that's, we doubled the size of the facility. Um, so now there's six bays. You took um, the next door spot or what? How'd you do yeah, that? Yeah, we took the next door spot. Okay. Um, like an oak. Yeah. So the, our facility is like, if you come to it, it's literally in like a strip mall. Um, right. And you, so there was like an open space next door. Um, and so we just knocked down the wall and expanded. Awesome. So, okay. Um, yeah. So totally. Now you're 45, 5,000 square feet, something like I that? I think it's 5,000 square feet total. So okay. we've got like, I mean, in the middle, so there's this, the hitting bays are kind of off to the side. The gym is in the back. In the middle, it's all putting green. Um, we've got um, turf where it's actually, you've got like a first cut layer of turf and like rough, like actual that you can ship out of. Yeah. Um, we've got a, like where it's built up where there's um, some undulation where you can practice breaking putts. There's a conference room. There's the um, sports psychologist has his office. There's a player's lounge. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's really, you come in and you're like, okay, we're doing golf here. What do you need? You and you, get, you secretly <laughs> get angry at the, the high schoolers because you're like, you little bastards. I didn't have this when I was in high school. I mean, they, yeah, they have no idea like how some of them actually, they've been with us since the beginning, like when we've just had the one day. And so they've gotten to see like the progression and how it actually yeah. is. For, but some of them, they're just like, Oh yeah, this is what I do. And you're like, not everyone has this, you know, like this is pretty sweet. Even like in for 2019, it's sweet. You know? Yeah. And if we looked at your hours a week, uh, just at yeah. the golf room, um, yeah. uh, like how many hours are you putting in there and how many of that are, would you say pretty much gym hours versus clinical hours? Um, that's a good question. So I would say I'd probably do, um, gosh, 32 to probably about 35 hours a week at mm -hmm. golf room. Um, and then of that, um, I would say probably 
so a large chunk of that is my juniors. So I'd say probably 60% of that is actually more of the like training, mm-hmm. um, 40%. But I don't, but here's the thing. So of my clientele, I have a number of people who are what I call the in-betweeners. Like they, they've had an injury, they had back pain, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or they had a rotator cuff repair. And they're not really in pain right now, but they want to be able to train and not get any more pain. And then sometimes you kind of go back and forth. Like they go on a trip, they play golf for seven days in a row, they come back and their hip is sore. And so now we're doing more rehab, right? And okay, now you feel better. Perfect. Let's go back to more of the training. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that that therapy, I, I, every week I have conversation with people who are looking to do this model and that, I don't know what to call that. I call it performance care. Like, yeah, it, it would look like rehab, although could you really bill it under insurance? Cause there's not really reported pain, but it's like right. a, you know, it's like a race car. It needs, it's constantly getting worked on, but not cause it's broken. It's just, we can tweak right. a little more performance out of it. Um, yeah. And even my juniors, I mean, I'm lucky since I get to see them every day, they'll come in and they're like, Hey, you know, my, my shoulder is a little sore. Or, hey, I just had a tournament and like, you know, my back's a little sore. Right. And so you become almost like an, from an athletic training standpoint of like, let's get this under control right now. But they know? need like a, a visit and a half or something, right? Like nothing right. like, yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Extreme. We do a little bit of soft tissue work, you know, and I give you like one or two exercises and they're good to go instead right. of letting this like fester week after week after week. Right. And then it becomes an actual like problem. Yeah. Uh, but I think kind of the point I was going to make is in that performance care thing, I don't think there's anything better than, uh, I think the best approach is a very highly trained, Cairo or PT that has the skills to also be a, a decent strength coach rather than yeah. a great strength coach who has some okay, you know, that, that bought a Theragun and uh, a set right. of cups, you know, like yeah, one absolutely. bleeds better one way. Me, I mean, they'll say like, you know, like you understand this stuff, you get it. So they know that, Hey, you know that I have a rotator cuff for, I had a rotator mm-hmm. cuff repair. So if we do stuff overhead, then I'm not going to try to murder them, you know, with some arm right, presses or right. something. We can do overhead, but like safely. And so mm-hmm. to not throw your shoulder up, you know. Right. But um, yeah, I think and, that's kind of where a lot of people are looking for that mm-hmm. and they don't know where to find it. So they go to like Lifetime Fitness, which no disrespect to them, but they're just like, you know, the 23-year-old trainer doesn't know these things. Right. Yeah, they're uh, just want to try to kick my butt and make me sweat as much as possible, and then yeah. I get heart palpitations. <laughs> and my my injury never gets better. Right. Maybe yeah. it doesn't get worse, but it certainly is not improving. It's like you know the yeah. foam roller is not going to actually fix the problem. It'll it'll maybe keep it from getting worse. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Now now along those lines, uh, I see a lot of people who buy a bunch of BS for their clinic and like bog it down with a bunch of crap. Like, what does your I'm using air quotes here. Your quote, quote, clinic look like in the golf room. Clinic or gym or both? The clinic itself. What would be termed like the clinic? So if I want to go get treated, do you have a bunch of, uh, you got an x-ray machine and you get MRIs on everybody and you're using 18 different uh, technologies or basically is it a table and a freaking like a doctor's bag of the gear you need and other than that yeah i mean i've got a table yep uh-huh. and i've got a desk okay. that someone gave me that's old Slow and down. then yeah, um, otherwise <laughs> yeah otherwise my supplies are um 
I mean, I do a lot of dry needling, so I've got that. I've mm -hmm. got my hot grips tools um, for instrument assisted. I've got some shout cupping. out to Oz. Hot grips are What's awesome. That? I said shout yeah, exactly. out to Oz. Yeah. Um, I've got a lot of different types of tape, you know, white tape, kinesiology tapes, things like that, some yep. bands. Um, but that's the clinic. Um, so it could all be, except for the table, put into a duffel bag and you could move today. Totally. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Because, I mean, I actually do that a lot. When I'm at Muirfield, um, they've got treatment tables there um, in, the, in the gym, but they don't have any supplies there. So I literally come with my bag of here's my stuff, you know, mm -hmm. my emollients, and, you know, things like that. So, um, yeah. but then from the gym standpoint, I mean, it, it, same thing. Like we don't have a lot of equipment. We've got a cable machine. Um, we've got dumbbells and some kettlebells. We've got a squat rack. Um, but is that, that used as a squat rack or more of like an attachment site for bands? And more of an attachment site, yeah. quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, know, yeah. I mean, we use, uh, like I use a landmine a lot um, yeah. with that. And I do have some hex bars and obviously a straight bar with the um, squat rack. Um, and then with that um, medicine balls bands tubes and um, open space that like nobody ever lists that but that is the thing yeah. that you need in a functional training center yeah and i mean if we're gonna have group training i mean if yeah. you have six kids in there you need some space to move for sure right so i've got these um i don't know if you've ever seen them like reebok steps they have them in oh. orange theory too but like they go they can make them different heights and then they the um thing you can make it like an incline bench or yeah. a different race and things like that so I can use it as a step. I can use it as a bench. I can use it. I mean, I have four of those and then you just support for them. like a, a leg for uh, rear foot elevated squats or yeah, I can for do sure. arm rows using it at my knee and hand. Right. Right. I can do a ton of stuff with it and I only need one piece of equipment, yeah. which is again, important. I don't want a lot of equipment because I need like spaces at a premium. Yeah. So. That's awesome. And so, yeah. um, Going back to the clinic, quick question for you. Uh, yeah. you know, a lot of people like are coming from the model. They want to do this, but they have an office, say it's 1,500 square feet and it's divided into five private treatment rooms and blah, blah, blah. Um, for your, how many rooms are actually at the golf room that are clinic rooms? Just one. Okay. Uh, I, mean, I, guess I, I often want to make this, this clarification yeah. to people, but if you put a treatment table on the gym floor instead of having a private office, what percentage yeah. of your clients would be willing to get treated out there at the golf room? So again, this is a younger population. Yeah. And then how about at Muirfield? So like you're dealing with older people who want a little bit more yeah. privacy and respect and all that, but give me an idea there. I mean, it just, it depends on the area, but like even our juniors who you would think are a little bit more open to, you know, who cares? Um, I mean, girls don't like if I'm even if I'm going to like cup their back or do soft tissue on their back, they'd rather not everyone see their back. You know, that's just not. Okay. Yeah. So um, you do think you need at least one private treatment room? Totally. Right. And I How mean, I do try needling. So do you need three I mean, of them? I've never had the need for necessarily three um, with that. Two? Um, I mean, like. Two, I'd okay. say. Yeah. If you, but I don't think. And it, I guess it depends on the model, how you're seeing people and how often you're seeing people. I see people, mm -hmm. um, with the exception of my juniors, my individual clients, it's all one-on-one -on -one for an hour. Mm -hmm. So we have plenty of time okay. to do that. Yeah, I think so. a lot of people don't realize um, 
not all the treatments have to go on in a private office. Like if you're stuck yeah. for space, I, me personally, and you tell me what you think. Yeah. If you had 1500 square feet, I would keep most of it open and just have like one private treatment room when needed and a second or third table out on the floor. Yeah. Because a large majority of what you're doing can be done out on the floor. Yeah. Or if there's a way to like have a curtain or something like uh -huh. that. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I was at heck Ohio state sports medicine, we had no private treatment rooms, none. I mean, right. and that's for a regular sports med clinic. So yeah. you just had curtains. Um, but I mean, occasionally, like if you're working on someone's glutes, most people would prefer their butt not to be, you know, sticking out. Yeah. You know? And the people around you may prefer that your butt's not sticking out as well. Like, yeah. Or with like dry needling, like yeah. again, depending on where you're needling, but also people walking past aren't necessarily super comfortable with needles either. So you don't want them to get yeah. lightheaded seeing needles in someone with that. So um, the curtains may be, may be a good deal when needed yeah yeah because yeah, then you still have the open space right you can just retract the curtains and yeah when you're overrun with juniors in the afternoons you can still use that space right totally huh. interesting totally. i like yeah. it okay yeah Very i wouldn't cool. spend a lot of time on i mean my table is literally like one of the fold-up ones you know it's not anything right. like really fancy <laughs> right you've got you know 200 grand in education costs and total right. clinic costs are like 200 bucks right Right. Yeah. Exactly. So needles, a bag and a, a $99 massage table off Amazon. Like <laughs> it wasn't very much from Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, this has been awesome, Lindsay. I really appreciate it. Um, any other tips you have for people that want to kind of get into this model of the performance clinic and, and gym? I mean, I think if you have, and I've, I heard other people say this, so this isn't me, but if you have a niche, like my niche is golf, right? And so people come right. to me for golf and they kind of say like the smaller the niche, the larger your market, right? So instead of just like, hey, I do this for kind of anyone, if your niche is runners or it's baseball players or it's CrossFitters or whatever, um, then that population is totally going to come see you. And then find out who's working with those people. It's not necessarily... Um, you know, it may be coaches It may be, mm -hmm. you know, find the, who's the top CrossFitter or whatever, um, and start working with them. And yeah. you can, you can't always expect to necessarily, um, demand top dollar start starting off, you know, like mm -hmm. find those influencers and be like, Hey, I'll treat you for free, whatever. Sure. And then you can tell people about it, Yeah, you know, get free marketing out of it. I learned that with golf pros, man. It doesn't work until it works for them, you know? Like, oh, that's a good yeah. idea. But until they're in pain and you get rid of it, then they're all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, I didn't know you did this. It's like, what right. the hell did you think I was talking about all those times I, you know, we had lunch or something? It's like, <laughs> yeah. And you think of like how this is going to help them. No one cares yeah. how something's going to help you. They're thinking about themselves. So, yeah. hey, golf pro, this is going to make your lessons easier because you know how you're trying to get Mr. Jones to rotate and he hasn't been able to rotate and you guys just have the same lesson over and over and over again. Now he's going to actually be able to turn and he's going to be happier and he's going to love you. And he's going to like sign up that. for more lessons, which brings you more money. Right. And he's going to play more often and then he's going to buy more crap in the pro shop. And ultimately it's all right. about money. Right. right. And all he yeah. did was give him a couple flexibility exercises. Right. Yep. So, yeah. It's great. I love it. Um, uh, how can people get a hold of you if they, if they want to check out what you're doing? Yeah. So our website is BuckeyePerformanceGolf.com. As in the uh, Ohio State Buckeyes? Yeah, but it's not affiliated with Ohio State. So just from a trademark perspective, we must say that. Um, okay. And then, <laughs> and then um, my, our, so our Instagram is Buckeye Performance Golf. Um, 
the Instagram, and then we've got a Facebook page as well. Um, oh, so that old thing, that old technology, Facebooks. <laughs> I know, I know. That's the kids don't use it, or if they do, it's because some teacher made them. Um, <laughs> that's for us old parts. For a history lesson or something, Jesus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they always say that, like, no, I don't have Facebook. And they act like it's the oldest thing ever. Um, and then my actual Instagram is LC Becker. Um, so I post a lot of stuff on that. So if you enjoy oh. watching, you know, junior high kids or high school kids doing golf stuff and probably getting shamed, um, that's a good place to go. Yeah. Coached. 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 Yeah. Shamed. Coach. Fine line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you also, I mean, Lindsay and I know each other teaching uh, SFMA. So you're out teaching SFMA and you teach um, uh, for structure and function. With structure and function as well. Yeah. So if yeah. you guys are interested in um, dry needling, um, you can check out structureandfunction.net. Um, and um, I think it's a great course. Um, we teach it so that the needling is um, not particularly painful and then also really looking from an orthopedic athletic perspective as well of, you know, when you're seeing these people day in and day out, not necessarily seeing them, you know, once a week or every other week, something like that. So, yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. Well, Lindsay, I yeah. really appreciate it. This has been awesome. Uh, sounds yeah. like you're doing, you're living the dream, you know? So it's congratulations. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> well, sure. on behalf of Lindsay Becker, this is Josh Satterley saying go out there maximize your license and live the life you dream of. Thanks a lot, Lindsay. Thank you. Hey, 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 how about that? Another great interview here on Clinic Gym Radio. Listen, if you're serious about starting up your own Clinic Gym Hybrid, then please go to clinicgymhybrid.com and check out our website there. We also would love to get you involved in our accelerator program, which will walk you through step-by-step the 42 pieces you need to start your own Clinic Gym Hybrid. I'm Dr. Josh Saturday. We'll talk to you later.